0: Hi everyone, John here. Welcome to another episode of Vacation Rental and Airbnb Mastery. Today I'm going to share with you my thoughts on real estate investing in a recessionary environment. We all know the economy is wacky right now, but what should we do? If we're thinking about buying a short-term rental or looking into new markets to purchase a second or third property, how should we think about real estate investing? Me personally, I'm a huge Warren Buffett fan. I love Warren Buffett. Read The Intelligent Investor about a thousand times. If you haven't read it, I'll put it in the show notes because it's a really great book on finances. But Warren Buffett always says be fearful when others are greedy and be greedy when others are fearful. Hmm. Let's think about that for a second. Right now, what's the activity like? What are most people doing? People are still buying properties. Although it cooled off, there's still people investing in short-term rentals. What does that mean? Well, if we have an existing vacation rental, now is the time to fortify our business, make it stronger, build a foundation that's going to last for years to come. If we're thinking about investing in another market, ask yourself, is your current short-term rental? Doing extremely well because if it's not, maybe it's time to hold off on buying another until you know the first one is really showing a good cash flow stream. So, how are we actually making money with real estate investing? How is the money made? I like to break it down into two main ways one is capital appreciation, that's when the value of your home goes up and it's gone up. It's gone up if you looked at any sort of index or the Robert Shiller index, home prices have gone up. You could check Zillow. You see the same thing. If you bought at a good time a couple of years ago, you've probably seen significant capital appreciation and good on you. If you're buying right now, it's kind of like buying Apple stock at the top of Apple's success. There's not much more room for it to grow. And some can even argue it will either just go up very minimally or go down. So real estate has the same principles. If it's overvalued, there's not much room for capital appreciation. That is why my personal recommendation is in times where everyone's going crazy about buying property, it's just to simply hold off and not buy another because if you already have one, it's, it's much smarter to put your energy into making it a stronger business, which we're going to teach you how to do on this podcast. Second is cash flows. Cash flow is the cash you're bringing in after your expenses each and every month. So you have bills, utilities, water, electric, your mortgage, taxes. You have uh, different costs that go along with the vacation rental business. But How much cash flow are you really bringing in after those expenses? What I suggest you do with your cash flow is piggy bank it, keep it in a safe place for times that are not going to be as favorable to you. Some who are more aggressive will take that cash flow and reinvest it in another property to try to multiply their cash flow, multiply their income streams. But I'm a little more conservative in my approach. I think that you should have enough cash flow for six months in case bookings go bad, they go south, and it's slow. Because a busy month like July, when you have the 4th of July and everyone paying premium rates, can pay for two or three months of downtime. So wouldn't you feel safer, have less anxiety, and feel like you have a stronger business if in downtimes like September, you can pay for that month with your good times? I know I would. And that's why I suggest when you have times of high cash flow, make sure that you're reserving for times of low cash flow. The biggest risk when you're investing in short-term rentals is losing your cash flow. Think of your vacation rental as a perpetual money-making machine. If you follow the tips in this podcast and you're you're pleasing your guests, your guests are having awesome experiences. When they leave, they're jumping for joy and they want to come back for more. That's a good thing. You're probably printing money. Your house is having positive cash flow. You might be making an extra $1,000, $2,000 per month after expenses. Good on you. That's a great thing. But what happens when the opposite is true? It's super slow. You still got to pay the mortgage. You still got the utility bills to pay. You still got property taxes, but you're not making any money and you haven't saved for this tough time this challenging time. That's when you have a problem. The biggest risk of short-term rental investing, especially in a recession, is your cash flow stream going kaput. And that's why you need to think more in terms of your cash flow and protecting that cash flow at all costs. How can you do that? What's an actionable step? Well, reducing your nightly rates when people are not traveling as much, sometimes it's better to have some cash flow than no cash flow. Because getting some sort of cash flow stream is better than having to pay your bills out of of your reserves. Now, you don't want to drop the price too drastically because then you're going to attract groups that do a lot of wear and tear, like party groups. You don't want that. But you could find a happy medium, maybe lower your prices by 10 or 20% if you can afford it, to replace those empty nights with some lower-priced um, nights that are still giving you cash flow. Another popular option, you have to check with your uh, local government, but you can convert your rental if it's a short-term rental into a midterm or a long-term rental until times are better. Maybe you even find a long-term tenant that's paying you what you want and they're doing a great job taking care of your home. You might just want to leave that long-term tenant in there and it's still bringing you cash flow. So, those are also options if short term rentals are slow. You still have a property. You can convert it into a mid term or a long term rental and still earn cash flows. As an investor, I also recommend knowing the difference between investing and spending because sometimes we can think spending money is investing and it's actually just spending money. Let's give an example of this. If you're adding amenities to your home, Thinking it's going to raise your nightly rate, you need to make sure that you understand if it's actually raising your nightly rate and raising your return on investment. If you buy, for example, a a pool table and whoever's traveling to your house doesn't value that pool table, you're not increasing your nightly rate. And now whenever something goes wrong with that pool table, you're going to have to pay for it. So whatever amenities you decide to add in your home, Make sure you can justify it as enhancing the guest experience or adding to your bottom line. Sometimes you may not add to your bottom line, but it's a necessity, like having a barbecue grill if people are on summer vacation. Um, That's personal, right? If you want to do that or not, but you need to be able to justify what you're spending money on. Doesn't mean be tight or be cheap, but you need to justify if something's investing versus spending. And what's like a good minimum return to aim for? For me personally, 10 to 15% cash on cash. If you're not earning at least 10 to 15% cash on cash when you do your analysis, that means you don't really have a good buffer when things go south. You need to build a war chest and a piggy bank so that your busy and awesome months pay for the slower ones. It's super important because. They will inevitably come, and you don't want the stress that comes from slow periods. So, try to aim for that ten to fifteen percent cash on cash. Hopefully, more of a return. But anything less than that, if you're investing in a new property, that's not going to be attractive enough to pull the trigger for me. Um, so, I, I definitely advise against it, um, especially in hot tourist markets because there's a lot of saturation and hot tourist markets like Florida, um, and you're competing against a lot of different operators, and if you're not earning an attractive return, it's best not to even buy that place because it's going to cause you a lot of heartache. You, you, if you want a place for your family to travel to, <laughs> you're better off actually renting someone else's vacation rental or hotel than buying one on your own. And you also need to distinguish if buying that short-term rental is a lifestyle decision because your family just loves to travel to Disney World or it's actually an investment and you're buying it strictly for the ROI. So I hope this conversation was helpful. Um, Please subscribe to the weekly newsletter if you haven't. I'll deliver lots of valuable stuff, templates, samples, all that cool stuff that can help you run a better vacation rental completely for free vacationhomehelp.com slash podcast. Once there, enter your email and I'll send stuff to your inbox that I know you're going to love and use. If you haven't left me a review, please leave a review. It helps me get in front of more hosts so I can help them with their vacation rental business through this daily podcast. Thanks so much for supporting me and you take care.